Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What are you talking about? This conversation can serve purpose. BZ, you're Jay talking. We're live at to 5. Hello. Thank you, Morgan, for doing such a great job last night. Psychic appraisals with Gary Summers. I know Gary from way back. So tonight, it's the triumphant return of Chris Russo, president of Russo Insurance Agency in Medway. And uh, info is power. And it might be we might be able to save you some money or we might be able to get you a bigger bang for your buck insurance wise. But, uh, one thing I understand Chris is, well, let let me tell you a little bit more about Chris been in business 32 years, board of directors, mass association of insurance agents, and you do home auto umbrella uh, policies for individuals and commercial, but you don't do health and you don't do travel. And what else do you not do life and any, anything financial related. So you probably recognize that voice. You're out in Medway. <laughs> so I guess first, why an independent insurance agent? Why is that valuable? Uh, it's valuable because we have options. Um, the direct writers, we'll call them, or the new online companies. that You see their ads and ads, tons of ads. Their coverage that they sell is very, very stripped down, very basic. They focus on price. Price certainly is important. Uh, it certainly is important, but coverage is more important. And the independent agent, quite frankly, can do both. Okay, and you you uh, find out what the folks need, and you shop around for the best deal with so, various exact, exactly various, we, uh, companies. We, we have over twenty companies that we represent in our office, and so we have a software program that most agents in, in uh, Massachusetts use. We put the information in uh, into the into the system, and it gives us rates for all the companies for the based upon the information we put in. Okay, well, we have a lot to get to. Let's start with the tornado. The storms that we've been seeing, is that generally covered on a homeowner's policy? And any details you can give so, so about wind, that would be great. Yeah, wind is definitely a covered peril. It's definitely covered under any homeowner's policy. It's covered. Um, most of the damage that we see, at least I see on the news, is uh, tree-related. Trees falling in the yard, falling in on houses, fences, sheds, cars, et cetera, et cetera. That is all covered, provided that the tree falls and damages something that's covered also known as a house, the shed, the fence. So it has to hit a covered structure. So the car doesn't count? Car will, actually, car will count. They'll pay for the removal of the tree off the car. The problem there is you have two deductibles, one for the homeowners to get rid of the tree, and then you also have to pay a deductible on your auto insurance for the damage to your car. 
So that's not like a flood. Flood's not count. Doesn't count. No, right? flood is not covered under any homeowner's policy. However, if a policy is properly endorsed, there would be limited coverage for water, which backs up through a sewer or a drain. Usually, uh, probably either twenty five hundred or five. What's endorsed? Endorsement is so. What happens is a basic homeowner's policy called an HO three policy. Okay, it basically covers everything you could possibly think of except for three things. It does not cover earthquake. It does not cover groundwater. A lot of people call it flood, but if it rains for 40 days and 40 nights and your basement fills up with water, it's not covered. And the third thing that's not covered is wear and tear. So if your furnace dies because it's old, it's not covered under the homeowner's policy. Anything else you could possibly think of is covered. All right. Now, you can get those coverages if you want with endorsements. You can endorse, but... but but, Does anyone get earthquake insurance? uh, We have a few people. We have three people. I tried to talk them out of it, sort of, because I hate to see people. But it people. must be cheap. It's not, actually. The problem with earthquake insurance, on an average home is probably going to cost you about $100 for the coverage, but there's a 5% deductible. And the 5% deductible is not from the claim. It's the 5% applies to the amount of coverage in your house. So if you have a f- insured, your house is insured for $500,000, your earthquake deductible is $25,000. So forget it. So right? I basically said to these people who we, we've been, you know, our clients that have a few of them that have the coverage, I basically say, look, if it's going to make you sleep tonight, if it's going to make you sleep at night, pay the money. We'll so that's the kind of the thing that an independent agent does is you can have these conversations. Yeah, it, that's, a, that's a big part of our business is conversations and advice. By the way, uh, this is one of the few guests that, that we will take calls. You may have insurance and you may say, hmm, I wonder if I have enough or if I have too much. There are a lot of questions you may have. You, you probably don't think about it a lot. Every once in a while you think about it, maybe when it's time to renew, and then you forget about it. And you really don't know what's going on because you don't know who to ask. Well, now you do know how to a- who to ask. Chris Russo, right here, 617-254-1030. 617-254-1030. You mentioned earlier that it's really important that you read your policy. Once you get it, you don't just put it in the file you, that you actually read it well i would get a summary from your agent of what of what's covered uh like i said everything's covered except for groundwater earthquake and wear and tear the problem is the policy is, if you if you're if you're if you have insomnia read a homeowner's policy you'll be asleep in five minutes it is very very dry and it's actually for the average person it's not that easy to understand so does the insurance agent or someone provide a cover letter of the important stuff? Yeah, or you can have a conversation with your agent of, hey, is this covered? Is this covered? Is this covered? How is this handled? Some agents have summaries, like we have a summary of coverage that we give to our clients so they understand what they're buying. Because let's face it, insurance is intangible. You can't, it's, it's, it's invisible. It's a piece of paper with some numbers on it and a promise some that if something like, happens, some the insurance people, company will pay. Some people like insurance. Some people don't. Meaning some people like having lots of it. Some people don't. Have you, in your 32 years in your business, come to figure out if there are any common denominators between people who really like to be insured and people who don't? No. Is there a personality type that goes along with that? I've never figured it out. And I have, I have people who are millionaires who want to pay the least, want to get the least amount of coverage possible. 
And then I have people who don't have two nickels to rub together who want to, who want all this coverage. So it's hard. I've never figured it out what how it works. Really, the least amount of coverage gives you the least bang for the buck. Once you get more coverage, you get sort of a a, a bigger bang for your buck. Correct? At least well, I mean, in terms have, of liability. Let's let's talk about any proper protection. If you have a house, you need to protect it. I mean, it's if you have how I mean, if you get into a car accident, for example. You need to make sure you have enough liability to cover what you have for assets. Otherwise, if you didn't have, you know, otherwise everybody would have minimum coverage. So, yeah, you need to carry a proper amount of insurance, which is, again, a conversation with your local independent insurance agent. Okay. We're talking about liability, and it's always fun to find out what a smoking deal you can get for 3 or $6 more when it comes to additional liability coverage on your – this isn't actually liability. This is – well, it's, this is colli- kind of collision for the other guy. Right. Is so it's called lab- it's property damage. Coverage. Property damage. All right. Technically, it's called damage damage to someone else's so, property. So, so tell people what they're missing out on. So if- so a lot of times we'll see old policies that people have had. You know, when they first bought their car in 1972, and for property damage, they have fifty a fifty thousand dollar limit, which means if you cause damage to another car, a fence, a fire hydrant, a tree, whatever. The insurance company is only responsible for the limit on your policy. So if you have $50,000 worth of coverage, and we do see this every once in a while and shake our heads, that if you hit a car that's worth $80,000, your insurance policy is going to pay $50,000 because that's all they're obligated to pay. And then when you go home to get the mail about a week later, you're going to get a bill in the mail for for the difference. So if you had $80,000 car, $50,000 coverage, you're getting a bill in the mail for $30,000. You $30,000. Could, you could increase, in that example, you could increase the coverage from $50,000 to $100,000 worth of property damage coverage for a whopping $3. Okay. Now, what we sell in our office is we sell, instead of selling $100,000, we sell $250,000 worth of property damage coverage. Now, it's pretty difficult to cause over $100,000 worth of damage, but for an additional $3 more than that, it's worth it. So for $3, you're erasing all doubt. Yeah, you could get in, a, in, a, in an accident on a highway, well, you m- hit, multi-car vehicle, yep, multi-vehicle absolutely. accident. How about, how about if you're driving on the highway and you uh, run, you know, take your eye off the road and you end up, a tractor trailer truck ends up upside down in the median strip loaded with computers or something of value. Right. It's, that those tra- the tractor alone on this is probably eighty or $90,000, never mind the trailer or what's in it. So My father was always about insurance, so I've always been about insurance. I, I, have, I have a listener who calls, and this is about health insurance, but it kind of addresses the mindset of insurance. He says, you know what? I, I take care of myself. I eat well. I don't need insurance. I don't, I don't know how to get to the to that guy's head. You'll never. Like, what if you fall I down gave some up, steps? I gave up long ago. Either people people who don't believe in insurance, I'm not going to be the one to try to convince them. I did that a few times about 30-plus years ago. and uh, I think I really quickly a guy that's... like that just figures, they have to take care of me medically, and I'll just, you know, I'll just get the free care and be a freeloader. So I yelled at him appropriately. Anything else on auto? Now, that was property damage. There's also liability, right? That's an, correct. So a, another thing. So, well, property damage is part of the liability. The other is bodily injury. It comes in a couple different forms. One is bodily injury to others, where if you injure somebody else, okay? Protects your house, your future income, et cetera. Uh, we see low limits a lot of times. People will go online and buy insurance, or they haven't looked at their policies in 100 years. Um, those limits really need to be looked at again. So again, that's where your independent insurance agent would come into play. So you have these conversations. Are there easy, cheap, 
boosts the liability levels. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't. Well. It doesn't cost much to increase your coverage from fifty thousand. So it's it's kind of confusing, but it's sold. It's sold two different two different ways. So the first limit you'll see like fifty thousand slash a hundred thousand. That's fifty thousand per person to a total of a hundred thousand per accident. It costs very little to go from fifty and a hundred to a hundred three hundred. Very little. Depends where you live, but you know it could be as low as fifteen dollars a car. Any other conversations you have with people about auto insurance? Any questions you yeah, ask them? The, well, well, the one thing we see or we don't see enough of is this endorsement out there that came out about five years ago called, called accident forgiveness coverage. Yeah, we don't. I never. We never see it on other policies ever. Uh, the direct writers don't even offer this coverage, uh, which is accident forgiveness would be. If you get into an accident, you will not pay a surcharge. Surcharge in Massachusetts is six years. If you don't have accident forgiveness and you end up paying a surcharge, you it will cost you hundreds of dollars per year. Hundreds of dollars. How much is this accident forgiveness? And only one company dep- writes that? No, no. There's, uh, there's companies out there. Oh. Uh, the online companies don't offer it. Some of the direct writers do. Some don't. Um, you're probably talking, depending on the company, anywhere between $20 to $60. A year. But without it, it's going to cost you, in the end, after six years, thousands of dollars. So you always recommend that? Oh, yeah. We just put it on. We just we explain it, and we always put it on. Because a person would Because why wouldn't you? It doesn't. It's, not do that. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> you don't want to give them the and opportunity I get calls. to, to We say, get calls in our office. We get know. calls in our office all the time about that situation where they, they got surcharged. What can we do for them? And it's like, well, why didn't you have it? What can you do for them? Nothing. Nothing. Sorry. What Sorry, you they, didn't have it on your old... Our clients you? Our clients all have it, hmm. but people who, you know, who haven't looked into policies in a while or who went online, they don't have it. Okay, now what about a waiver of, of uh, deductible? All right, I, so I see you, that sometimes. So you're always going to see that, except... Well, we ninety five percent of the time, ninety five percent of the policies out there have it. And what waiver of deductible is, is when you're involved in an accident, it goes under the collision part of your policy where there's damage to your car. So you're driving down the road, and you get into an accident, there's damage to your car. With waiver of deductible, as long as you are fifty percent or less at fault, you're getting paid in full. Okay, so if you're driving down the road, someone goes through a stop sign and hits you you're going to get paid in full. We notice that a lot of the online companies, because it's do-it-yourself, sort of, they don't put waiver of deductible on. And what that means is in that scenario where you're driving down the road, the other person goes to a stop sign, you're going to have to pay your deductible, even though realistically it wasn't your fault. So we don't even, in our office, we don't even explain waiver of deductible. We just put it on. Okay. Because without it, it, it's not, it's just... You'd be crazy not to put it on. The cost is like $6. How come you chose to not get into health or life? Because I'm a firm believer in if you're going to do something, you need to do it well. So 30-something years ago, I decided that I couldn't be all things to all people. I really wanted to focus on auto, homeowners, and commercial insurance. And health insurance, I don't like it like – anybody else so you love insurance but you don't I like, do you don't love i know what i know insurance. i'm actually very very knowledgeable and very good at what i do you don't really like health insurance but i but that's all that's i not, know not fun for you that's all i know okay now we haven't really covered home enough 
Say I, say I was to have a conversation with you. Hey, I have a new home. I need to get insurance. What kind of, how does that conversation go? So first we get the, so what we do in our agency is we get, the first thing we do is get the property address. Google, put it in the search engine. I'll go on to the assessor's database. Every town has an assessor's database. You can look up houses. Uh, you can look up your own house. It gives me the square footage. Uh, based upon that, we have a calculation that we use uh, to develop not the value of the house, but what the actual cost would be to rebuild the yeah. house. So that's that's in this database. Well, no, the square you, footage. I can get this. I can. You can go to the assessor's database in any city or town. It'll give me the year built, the year it was built, um, what it has for bedrooms, bathrooms, and the total square footage. Then, based upon that, we calculate what what does it cost to rebuild the house? Because we're constantly getting calls from people saying. My house is insured for five hundred thousand dollars, and it's only worth three fifty. Why am I insured for that? And the the reason being is insurance. The insurance company doesn't is not interested really what the value of your house is. Value means the market value. Yeah, which is which is location and all that stuff. Okay, it doesn't yeah. the cost of the lumber and the cost of the labor is roughly the same no matter where you are. Okay, there are certain multipliers we use. Uh, example, if you're in a higher income town, it is, you know, contractors can charge more. So we take into consideration that amount. Okay. So, so then I take that information. I would take the number, all the information, I'd put it into our software program. It would shop, it would compare the coverages and the cost from 15 or whatever companies we have. Then I come back to you and, and show you all 15 prices and say, this is this is the lo- we we always go with the lowest one who gives us the best coverage, and then we have a conversation about what's covered. It's not a fi- it's a lot of people come in. Like, people will walk in my office and think an insurance transaction to buy a new policy or to sit down with is going to be thirty seconds. It's not. It's not like you're back buying a sandwich at the grocery store. It's not. It's a this is a a legal transaction. We as agents need to make sure you know what you have for coverage. We know what you, you know what you're having what you're paying for. So we literally need 30 minutes to sit down and go over everything with you. And unfortunately, in my, on my agency, if you're not willing to take 20, 30 minutes to sit down and go over it, quite frankly, we don't want you as a client. Okay. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Now, what are some cool endorsements on home policies? So there's a lot of really cool endorsements out there now. Uh, actually, a cool meaning you need them. So... Probably 75% of all the policies out there do not include what's called ordinance and law coverage. We add it onto every single policy. And I would suggest to your listeners that they tomorrow morning call their agent and ask them if they have ordinance and law coverage. Now, what ordinance that does. Ordinance and law. Ordinance and law coverage pays for code upgrades. So, a perfect example is you live in a house with a stone foundation. Unfortunately, if, the, if your house catches on fire, the city or town you live in is not going to let you rebuild on a stone foundation because it doesn't meet today's building codes. So if you have an older electrical system or you have, you know, a lot of people have, they have circuit breakers, but part of the house was rewired over here. This part's not rewired. What happens is if there's a claim, 
it will pay, the coverage will pay for the code upgrades because the wiring inspector, et cetera, is not going to let you piecemeal it together. And if you don't have that coverage, the insurance company will pay for the portion of the electrical system, for example, that was damaged, and you're writing the check for the difference, which is, could be very costly. So if you have a home and there's a fire in one part, and they need, they're not going to just put in the new stuff in the burned up part. Correct. They're going to make you completely have- You have to bring new, it up to code. New, the entire house. Yeah. And if you look at the electrical socket, the electrical outlets in the wall, yeah. like my house was built- 12 years ago. Does it have black burn marks all over them? No, it's just the, remember when the, the kids were little, used to put those little things you buy at the store so they don't put their fingers in there? Yeah. Those, those, those outlets are out of date now. The new ones have um, a system in place inside where you can't stick your finger in there. I know a lot ever, of- Did you ever stick anything in a light? No, I, I, you, surprisingly, I don't think I did. <laughs> surprisingly. I, that's something I wouldn't have thought I probably of. would have done it 10 times. I don't know. Maybe I did. So if you just have straight-up insurance without that endorsement, they're going to cover the new stuff that got burned up, but they're not going to cover all the rest of the house that you had to get That's correct. That's correct. It could cost you thousands and thousands of dollars. What about plumbing? Same deal? Same uh, what if you your bathtub overflows and you have to get a new bathroom floor, but, oh, the, the, there's old, not-up-to-code pipes. So the same thing, any type of ordinance, whether it's plumbing, electrical, zoning, uh, whatever, would be covered under ordinance of law. And one of the things we ask people is, especially in a commercial building, which is, you know, some of these commercial buildings are literally two feet off the sidewalk. The question we ask is, if your building burns to the ground, would the city or town let you rebuild it where it is? They make you back it up. If you had to move it, we need to make sure there's coverage for that. Wow. All right. What else is important to have? So another endorsement that we never, ever see uh, is service line coverage. And what that means is the pipe that goes from your house to the street for the water or the septic, eventually they rust and rot and leak. So without this service line endorsement, which quite frankly, we never hardly ever see endorsed onto policies, that's not a covered claim. How often does that happen? Uh, eventually, they're all gonna they're all gonna rust, right? So I don't know. Uh, okay. I'm sure we all know someone who's happened to. So since the pipe is rusted, it leaks. Without service line coverage, you would have to pay to dig up the pipe, replace the pipe, fill the hole back in, and then relandscape it. How much is the endorsement? Uh, about twenty dollars. How much is it to get that whole thing done? Thousands. <laughs> is there a sewage? Endorsement? Well, a there's... Quick story. there's. I have a quick story. Went away to the Super Bowl in like 2006. Houston. Really cold. Came back. Sewage pipe had busted. It was the one that went from the house to the tank. It wasn't very deep and it busted. It was a bad... I didn't own the house. It was a bad scene, I guess. But by the time I got home, it was mostly cleaned up. Is that something that's automatically covered? Well, it depends. So if, if the sewer backs up... If a pipe breaks, it's covered under the policy, okay? If a pipe for the plumbing system breaks, it's covered under the policy. If the sewer backed up? If it clogs. If it clogs and the water, the, the sewerage slash water slash whatever backs up, yeah, that is not covered under a homeowner's. Well, I, no, I'm sorry. If a toilet overflows, it's covered. But if it comes from groundwater, so that some of the, there's an endorsement you can buy. It's called water backup. It pays up to 
2500 5000 10000 depending on the endorsement, depending on the company. It pays for water, which backs up through a sewer drain or a sump. So if you have a water problem in your basement and you have a sump pump and the sump pump doesn't work or whatever and it floods your basement, this endorsement would pay. So if if water, you know, if it's water backs up through a sewer or a drain, it would now be covered. Okay, that that's kind of is that is that important to know? Is that important to have coverage for? Not so much. Well, it's important if you have a sump, because if a sump pump could fail, we could lose power. Some people don't have battery backups. Obviously, you have a sump pump in your basement for a reason. You have a water problem. Mm-hmm. So if the sump doesn't work, the regular homeowner's policy excludes groundwater again. Homeowner's policy doesn't cover three things, groundwater, earthquake, wear and tear. Remember that, folks. What about the folks in uh, the areas that were hit by storms, tornadoes, et cetera? What are they finding out now? They're not happy right now. What are they finding out about their insurance? They find out that, first of all, the deductible applies to every single claim. So even if a tree lands on your roof or your house, you do have to pay your deductible. The insurance company will pay. Even if you paid it once and then you have another claim, what do you, you mean? have to pay it again. Well, no, just it'd be, it'd it be from- every single time. No, no, no. It's from a claim. So a covered claim, which would be wind damage, would be covered claim. So every homeowner's claim only has one deductible. Every incident only has one deductible. Per year. Nope, per what incident. If you, oh, so, so if you, wind, like, you know, a couple of days ago, a tornado comes and wipes the, you know, damages your home, yeah. it's covered. You do have to pay your deductible. So if you have another incident- like six, uh, two then months you from have now. To pay the deductible again. Correct. In, it's in per, all cases for homes. It's per 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 claim. For correct. Homes. Yeah. Per claim. Wow. But what I would suggest people do is when they're talking to their agent, we still see a lot of policies with a five hundred dollar deductible. What you could do is talk to your agent about raising the deductible to a thousand dollars. Chances are you're probably going to save a few hundred dollars by doing that. Take that extra few hundred dollars you save by raising the deductible and buy better coverage. Just reinvest the money into it. If you can save two hundred dollars a year to increase your deductible from five hundred to a thousand, if you do the math, where the difference obviously the difference between five hundred and a thousand is five hundred dollars. So you're willing if you're willing to risk the possibility of losing an extra five hundred, the difference between the two deductibles, five hundred and a thousand, you're gonna save two hundred, your break even points two and a half years. The odds of you having a homeowner's claim once every two and a half years is slim. Right. And so, you can take that money and, and reinvest get, get it into the policy. Good, get good endorsements. Yep. And after you talk to your agent, if you already have a really, if your policy is up to date and everything's uh, up to, you know, everything's good with it, then you can, then that's your money. What else? There's a lot, to, lot of homeowner stuff. Have we talked about renter's insurance yet? So the, the renter's insurance thing drives me bonkers because- Renters insurance on average probably costs about $110 a year. And my guess is probably 80 to 90% of all people who live in apartments do not have renters insurance. That's nuts. It's crazy. It's all it also includes some liability, right? It gives you personal liability to, as well. What are some of the instances are included in the liability portion of that. So let's say you're into play. Some people play golf, and you get a defective golf ball, and you hit it into, and you hit it into the next fairway, and it hits somebody in the head. Because it's it's, defective. it's it's anything you get sued by, as long as it's not business related. So it doesn't have to have anything to do it with trips, the house. Nope, you trip. It's your liability covers you anywhere in the world. 
So if you trip somebody or someone falls over you or you uh, damage something, you know, I was, um, I'll give you a perfect example. I was snow blowing. Uh, my neighbor was on vacation. I was nice enough to snow blow his driveway for him. And then I promptly pinstriped the side of his brand new car with the snow blower by accident. You pinstriped it? Well, I hit it with the snow you blower. Mean, with and the machine the whole, itself? Yep. You put a big Took the, divot right in the side? Striped the whole, I, I don't know what, yeah. So anyways, I put the claim through. I wasn't going to pay. I mean, I you know, it was my fault and no good deed goes unpunished. It was right. my fault. And, you know, the damage was like $3,000. But I wasn't going to pay that out of my pocket, so I put it under my homeowner's policy. And my homeowner's policy paid everything. Did you do you, In a situation like that, does your premium go up? It depends on the company. Some, people, some companies have loss-free credits. So if you don't have a claim, they give you credit. Others don't. So it depends on the company. Did yours? Uh, mine did. Mine has <laughs> my, I lost my loss-free credit. <laughs> no kidding. But, it was, but it's cheaper. I'm not going to pay. I'm, you know, it was a lot of money. I'm not going to pay out of my pocket. And that like that amount, if it was if it was a small amount, so I certainly would have. You know, a few like, hundred, five hundred, I would have paid, but not three thousand dollars. Something like this would be covered by a renter's insurance. Correct. How much does renter's insurance cost? Uh, call it one hundred and ten, hundred and twenty dollars. Unless you have hundreds of thousands. I mean, I, we have people who live on you know Beacon Street in Boston who rent, and they have hundreds of thousands of dollars of personal property, clothes, furniture, et cetera, et cetera. Those are obviously more, but. You know, if you look, if you live in an, an apartment and you have twenty five thousand dollars worth of clothes and furniture, it's literally one hundred and twenty dollars, one hundred and ten dollars a year. How much stuff does the average renter have? You must have a handle on that. No, I don't actually. It's um, it, you Computer. know, you could buy a you could buy a pair of shoes for twenty dollars, or you could buy a pair of shoes for one hundred and twenty dollars. So there's computers, there's guitars, there's guitar amps. So there's your most, sofa, there's your TV. Right. You so most people, it up, it's pretty high. But what happens? What you're doing, and what a lot of people do, is they think of the big items, right? Yeah. The TV. Yeah. You can buy a TV now for three hundred dollars. Yeah. But what it is, it's the small items, meaning how many pairs of socks do you have? So the clothes add up really fast. Twenty dollars here, fifty dollars here, thirty dollars here, twenty dollars here, ten, ten, twenty. It adds up fast because people have clothes for the summer and they have clothes for the winter. So twenty five thousand dollars. People might not think they have that much value and stuff, but they very... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, well, might. And you can protect it for 120 bucks. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So and pe- plus, some people, you have the liability, which blows yeah, me away. It's, yeah, so, but most people don't think in apartments. Some people think if they rent an apartment that the landlord's policy is going to cover their, their, their stuff. It doesn't. It, the landlord... Landlord's policy only covers the landlord's ownership, the building and his liability, not your liability or your couch, furniture, clothes, everything. Okay, what about condos? Anything to know about condos? Condos are very similar to renter's policies. Condos, the actual building itself is covered part of your condo fee. It's called the master policy. We read a lot of these uh, covering the condo complex of development. Uh, But what the, the thing here is what the condo owner needs to figure out 
is whether the master policy, which covers the entire building, where does their coverage end and your coverage need to begin? Also known as who's paying for the sheetrock, the cabinets, the interior walls, interior doors, and the flooring. Most condo policies have what's called an all-in endorsement on them, which basically says, hey, unit owner, condo unit owner, all you're responsible for is the paint on the walls, the window treatments, the master policy will pay for everything else in regards to the building. And then you also, have, you also as a unit owner, need to cover your personal property, you know, your couch and your furniture, similar to a renter. Let's talk to, let's talk to Chris in Weymouth. Two Chris's, no waiting. Hello, Chris. <laughs> Hi, Bradley and, and Chris. Um, this is really um, a great topic, so thank you. Um, my question is home insurance. You talked about something called ordinance and law coverage. And as an example, I'm wondering, my sister's chimney is falling apart. The bricks are, are just falling apart. So she has to have it repaired. And the company told her that the chimney needed to be upgraded because it was too short. I guess it has to be a certain amount of feet high. So would that be an example of the of of um, you know, the possibility of using ordinance and law coverage if she has it? So I, I don't believe it is. And let me oh. ex- well, I don't believe. Let me explain why though. So first of all, ordinance and law has to be in order for the trigger would have to be a covered claim. So if the chimney is old and it's just getting dilapidated because of the weather year after year after year. It's yeah. not, insurance covers things that are sudden and accidental. So if a tree hit it oh. and broke uh-huh. it, but it's, so your, your homeowner's insurance policy is not going to cover maintenance. Oh. But let's assume, let's assume that the wind damaged it or a tree damaged it. I yeah. don't, I don't know if a chimney, I can't, I don't know. The answer I don't know is if a chimney is, in other words, if a chimney has to do with a, with a town building code or not like the so electrical you, system in your she house says it has to be higher they told her it has to be higher yeah, than that, that i is. that i don't i don't know even if it was sudden and accidental damage to the chimney i don't know if the building department has regulations as far as the height of it that i don't know all right well the company told her that it it was it, it was not up to code now are you are you suggesting that every town has a different code or is that I, I, you know, so what I'm suggesting is a call to the building department to find out ah. if it is a code in that t- in your town. Okay. Because um, I don't know the answer to that as far as the chimneys, whether this, how high they have to be, et cetera, et cetera. But again, right. it, but again, it would be covered only if it was, in other words, if it was wear and tear, it's, yeah. it's not covered. But if it was out of code, it possibly might be? No, because the first, the first thing oh. that has to happen is it has to be a covered claim. It has to be damaged suddenly, like okay. by a, a tree or something, and not just wear and tear. All right, I understand. And, and one other quick question: Sometimes I think um, it might not be a good idea to put in a claim for house insurance because, like Bradley mentioned a while ago, the claim might go up. Is there like an, an idea of like maybe how much money you should pay for yourself, pay yourself rather like than putting It's thing? an excellent, excellent question. And one of the jobs of an independent insurance agent is to have a conversation with you mm-hmm. in reference to a claim. So if you call my office and said, hi, this is Chris from Weymouth. I have the, sh- the I have a, I, a pipe broken, my, in my toilet overflowed and I have damage to my kitchen ceiling. Should I put a claim in? 
If okay. it's if it's a small claim, the first thing I'm going to have you do is get an estimate for repair. How much is it going to cost to fix everything? Then once you get that number, then we'll have a conversation of, is it worth putting the claim in? Because okay. if you're going to you lose your loss-free credit, how much is that going to cost you? I, I just We don't typically like to put claims in for a few hundred dollars. Yeah. Because in the end, it's not really worth it. But that's, that's what I was wondering. Yeah, okay. so that's where your independent insurance agent comes in, where you have a conversation with him or her about here's the scenario, is it worth putting the claim in or not? And that's the other reason why I'm a big fan of higher deductibles, at least $1,000. Yep. Because yep. you're not going to put in a claim for $300. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. I see. Yeah, because you'd be pay- Yeah, I get it. So, yeah, All right. that's what I would do. All Thanks. right. Thank so, you so much. No and I, I'm enjoying the show. Thank you, guys. Have a nice night. Thanks. Thanks. Chris is nice. A little thing you don't know about Chris. She once got to interview Cher wow. when she was a kid. She sent in a thing from the back of a cereal box or something, and she won. So when she was like a teen, and Cher was so young that she was still doing her own nails before the show, she got to go in the dressing room and interview Cher. And she's still going strong, I believe. Joanne in Ashland. Hi, Ashland. I know. Hi, hi, Bradley, and thank you for taking my call. Say hi to Chris Russo. Hi, Joanne. Hi, hi, Chris. How are you doing? And thank you you so much. I live in the not too far away from that way. Um, I have a question about car insurance. I recently was diagnosed with absence seizures. They're like a seizure that lasts maybe a minute. And I'm on a a regimen of medication. And when you're on medication, you have to wait like a six-month period before you can drive again to make sure that nothing is happening. And do you have to notify your insurance company or do you have to get more insurance? No. So there's a couple things. So one, there's nothing in the policy. There's nothing in an auto policy that says you have to have no restrictions on your license. There's nothing in the policy that even says you have to have an active license because if you forget to renew your license um, or your license is suspended, they're still going to, they're still going to write. There's there's nothing in the policy to stop the coverage based upon that. Now, what I would okay, suggest, but, but if you're worried about driving, I, I would oh, have. I, a, I can't. I can't drive for six months. Okay, Once so, you've got the medication, so, yeah, you have so to wait. I would certainly have a call, talk with your independent insurance agent about proper liability limits, because when you do mm-hmm. start, when you do start driving again, if something were to happen, you certainly want to make sure you have proper limits, high enough limits that if you cause injury to somebody else, there's enough to protect what you have. Okay. Okay. Well, I do think I have quite a bit, and I do have an umbrella. Okay. So you're all. I yeah. So, so. Yeah. I just didn't know if you had to get extra or if there was a restriction there's, of so any kind. So there's no there's no restriction of any kind in the mass auto policy in related to your situation Excellent. until you have an umbrella policy. So I can pretty much tell you right off the bat you have plenty of coverage. Okay. Thanks, Joanne. All right. Well, thanks a lot. Take care. Hey, we have Sharon and Newton for a quick. Problem solved, I think. Uh, I should say good morning, gentlemen. Um, Chris, I have a question pertaining to if you have an oil leak in your basement. For instance, if your oil tank leaks, are you covered? Well, the oil, if an oil tank leaks, the insurance company is going to consider it. If it just leaks over time, it's going to cons- the insurance company is going to consider it wear and tear. So if if... Again, insurance covers things that are sudden and accidental. Was there an event? 
No, 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 there wasn't. I mean, about five or seven years ago, we had the oil tanks changed in in the basement. But I've always been concerned whether, you know, if you had a massive oil leak, would I be covered or would I not be covered? If if, if it was, in other words, if, you, if, if you're walking by the oil tank and you hit it with something and it, it causes it to leak then it would be covered. But if it's just old and it just, you know, it rusts. The problem with oil tanks is they rust from the inside out. Keep an eye on that rust. So if it rusts and it leaks, it's not covered because Thanks. it's considered wear and tear. And I just, I'm being quick here. Rick and Hull, what can you do with 30 seconds? Uh, flood insurance. Um, I live in Hull. We, we get a lot of water down there, but you'd think it would be um, worth it for me to get an elevation certificate from my home and try to lower my insurance bill. So it's I would have a contract I would have a conversation with a civil engineer before you spend the money on the elevation certificate who one who's okay. familiar with your area and say, look, hey if here's where I live, if I have an elevation certificate, is this going to work out for me or not before you spend the money? Um, yeah. second second of all, if he says no, there's a call your independent agent. There's companies out there now that uh, the market in flood insurance, although it's still a disaster financially, uh, there are there are there are companies out there writing flood insurance on a discounted rate. Okay. So I would talk okay. talk to the civil engineer first and say, I- I- is it worth me getting an elevation certificate or not? Okay. And Thanks, Rick. Take it from there. There you go. We had a flurry of, of folks you were able to help out with excellent answers. Chris Russo, president of Russo Insurance Agency in Medway. You know, when people call like that, you get the sense of the value of an independent insurance agent because insurance is complicated. And I don't know about you, but I don't understand the whole thing. And I'd like to find somebody that does understand medical stuff. You know, it's good to have a a lawyer that understands what's going on and an independent insurance agency agent as well. So thanks for coming in all the way from Medway, Chris. Anytime, brother. Appreciate it. That's uh, Chris Russo, R-U-S-S-O, Insurance Agent Agency. And we didn't get to umbrella policy, so you'll have to come back. That'd be great. Can you just define, actually, you know, it's too late for that even. We'll get the definition of umbrella policy. We'll start from scratch when you come back. Thank you. All right, great, thank you. Okay, it's WBZ. I watched Caddyshack today. It was awesome. There were some lines in there that were very funny. And I, I think one of them is maybe the funniest line ever. Tell me what you think is the funniest line from a comedy movie. Maybe even your favorite comedy movie. It's Beasy. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.